We will now have our first message today by Mr. David Hope, entitled, A Shot Across the Boat. Thank you, Mr. McGorvey. Good afternoon, everyone. I can truly say this time it really, really is a pleasure to see so many people. I've said it before, but, you know, I really mean it this time. Well, I meant it before, but, you know, we've been several weeks and not being able to be together like this. And, and I will say thanks to our people back in the sound booth and video to have, and the men that have been coming up and speaking, you know, one or two people in the audience, you know, for the weeks. And, and uh, it's really a blessing. Uh, I think my wife and I were getting so bored that uh, week before we came back, I think this is our third week back, isn't it, for in being here in person. But the week before that, we went in and got dressed up. You know, my wife put on a real nice dress and all that, fixed her hair all up. And I thought, wow, I want to date her. But anyway, and, and I put on my suit and tie and everything, went in my office and got a big computer screen in there and sit back and watch services. I took my jacket off, though. But anyway, but uh, a lot of people were lonely, and still are somewhat. And uh, I even heard someone saying, you may have seen it online too, but one person even called Jake at Safe Farm. Those who don't know the advertisement, you know, State Farm guy. But anyway, they were so, uh, so bored they called Jake. I was even at Sam's not long ago, Sam's Club, and. Uh, there was a lady coming by me in a cart, and I was standing in line to pay. And she had a, a pretty good-sized area rug rolled up underneath in the, in the cart there. She come by and just, you know, the need to having a conversation with someone. I said, "Hey, you get ready to get that clean when it gets dirty. Give me a call." She said, "Oh, you a carpet cleaner?" I said, "Oh, yeah, I've been doing it for 47 years." And she said, "Well, can I have a card?" So anyway, so. We, we do a lot of things, you know, because of the boredom and all that. We've seen a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, a lot of uncertainty these past few weeks, you know, from all sides. And uh, some people are affected even to a greater degree than others. Some have lost their jobs forever. You know, they may not ever get their job back. Some businesses will be unable to recuperate. Some businesses won't. If I was younger in my business, I, it would be difficult for me now, you know, several years ago when I had six kids and, and uh, having, you know, a lot of overhead with my equipment and things of that nature. It would be hard for me, and a lot of people do that. And some people, oh, some people even feel, and I'm, I'm just throwing out some thoughts and ideas, some people even think that uh, the whole thing was an extreme over-exaggeration. Some people think that. Some people think it's worse than what, what uh, some people think it is. Some people, and I've heard these expressions too, realize just how easy it is to get control of people, and get control of, of uh, nations and governments. So easy, so easy. Uh, we see preachers all around the world, especially in the United States, TV preachers and evangelists, Telling people, you know, we need to turn to God, you know, and, and uh, love God. God's God of love, and, and he is. But, you know, most of the preachers 
don't really tell them what what they really need to repent of. You know, we all need to repent, but a lot of people really don't know, and, they, and they're not really familiar with the in-depth degree of the sins that so many people in this country, and maybe even some of us have. And some people may even think that it's a shot across the bow, if you know what that means. I'll explain that here in a minute. Some people think it is. About, I'll just mention uh, uh, about nine months ago, back in August last year, Matthew Steele delivered a sermon entitled Perilous Times. And uh, if you haven't heard that message, I would strongly recommend at this time that you get on Tulsa Church of God website and look into that message. It's very good. I'm, I intend to do it again. I really do. Uh, it was very good then, and I think it's very timely now. And about a week later, I don't know whether it was inspiration to that or not, but uh, I gave a message on uh, God calls for repentance. I had no idea, you know, what's going to be happening now. But, you know, we do that every once in a while. You know, God does call for repentance. And some of the scriptures I'm using today... Uh, we're already used in that, and some of you had already heard it, and, and uh, a lot of it, even what you're hearing now, will be repetition. So I'll try to be a little brief and not, not belabor the fact, but, uh, you know, uh, shot across the bow, and the word bow has the same bow sound as, as how, you know, H-O-W. We'd want to say something else, but our mind automatically says how will bow, B-O-W, bow. And there are three little definitions. In <clears throat> idiomatic, I want to call it idiot, idiomatic, a warning that negative consequences will be faced if something is carried out or allowed to continue. Here's another one. A deliberate miss or shot or a deliberate miss or warning shot, I'm sorry, by shooting over and usually in front of the bow of the targeted ship, a commander engaging in naval warfare could demonstrate that the targeted ship was within range of his guns. Shooting over the bow, a warning. And number three would be the last one I give. Something something someone does or says to show one, someone else that they are prepared to fight and to compete with them, often if they continue to do what they are doing. So my version of possibly the shot over the vow and other people's version of that could be possibly, this is a warning, if we continue what we're doing, the road that we've been taking for so many years that, you know, these things, this may be just a warning shot and the preem I mean, the, the beginning of something a whole lot worse. And basically, in, in my personal opinion, that's just my personal opinion, I've, from the very beginning, I wondered, you know, if this is not just a a wake-up call, as my wife and a lot of you have called, you know, a wake-up call to get us uh, looking toward ourselves. 
Several years ago, you know, remember, most of you are old enough to remember the 9-11 the bombing at the Trade Center. And we had, I think some of us have mentioned before, uh, there were people at that time making a repentance. You know, church and surgeons picked up, you know, for a few weeks. You know, people were really... Uh, getting into this, well, boy, I got to get right. You know, this is this is serious. You know, here's some Bible prophecies, or here's some something. But you know, and and people really did for a little bit of time. And I was encouraged. I know a lot of you were encouraged to see people really begin to make a change, begin to uh, try to treat their brother, their fellow citizens better, and try to live a good life, an honest life. But you know, it didn't last too awfully long. Most of us know it didn't. It didn't take us too long to get back to where we were. Most of us are, you know, been around uh, the church's years, and we're familiar with a lot of the prophecies, you know. And, and I'm, I've never been one to really get into a lot of it, although I say it once in a while. I know several years ago, I don't know, 25 years ago or so, Les Pope came over and, and gave a sermon, and I gave a sermon at and. And I tried my deal. I thought, well, I know something about prophecy. I've been around this stuff for years. And, and uh, I gave a, a message, a sermonette, I think it was. Thankfully, it wasn't too long. Uh, about uh, seven horses. Or seven horses. See, I don't know. I, I shouldn't do prophecy. <laughs> the four horsemen of the apocalypse. You see why I don't do prophecy very often. I understand it, but I don't say it very well. And anyway, but uh, after the service is over, Mr. Pope said, and it was right down here in front, he said, by the way, Dave, where'd that black horse go? So anyway, I didn't do too good of a job on my prophecy. But we have heard these messages for years, and, and a lot of truth in it. We're familiar with, probably more so, with Matthew 24, the Olivet Prophecy, and, and uh, prophecies in Revelation, and Daniel, and other places. And I'm going to pick out my first uh, scripture will be in Matthew 24, and I'm not going to cover the whole thing, just uh, a few major parts. And most of you could start from the very beginning and go all the way through. You know, you've heard it so many times, you've read it so many times that you could probably do it. But I am going to mention some things, and I think it's important. Matthew 24, verse 3 through 14. I'm going to slow down a little bit before I hyperventilate. I think my necktie is choking me. My wife says, is it that easy? Anyway, Matthew 24, verse 3. Uh, and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of your coming and the end of the world, or end of the age. And, and uh, anyway, like I said, you can read the rest of the story. Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and deceive many. An old hat, old hat, but it's true. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet, you know. These things have happened and happened and happened. I know uh, for some of us in the early days of our coming into the church, I know my wife and I back in what, uh, early 60s, 
and Steve too, I'm sure, that, uh, boy, you know, we have a drought out here in one western county of Oklahoma. Wow, you know, the famine is coming. Wow, it's here, you know. And oh, well, they had a flood over here in Texas, you know. Wow, you know, prophecy's being fulfilled. But, you know, didn't happen right then. But the end is not yet, Jesus said. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in different places. Oh, you know, we see that. And I'm not trying to downplay that either, don't get me wrong. But he said, all of these are the beginning of sorrows. You know, it ain't happened yet. It's just beginning to beginning of the sorrows. And, and this is some of the stuff that was probably, I think, in uh, Matthew's message here uh, last August. And I do encourage you to really, if you haven't ever seen it, or even if you have, uh, to, to look at it. I think it's very good right now to review that. Verse 9. Then shall he deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my sake. I'm beginning to realize how that could be true after all this time and being able to be on the internet and Facebook and all of that and then you post something that's so contrary to somebody else's opposite view and oh, you know, I didn't know people could get so mean and so angry. Oh, wow. And I didn't even know I could do that. I've even got, boy, I'd just I'd throw my hat in the ring and then climb in the ring after it. You know, boy, I'd, yeah, I'm not going to let you talk to me that way. And, uh, you know, cause I'm kind of a little bit ashamed. I've kind of drawn back a little bit or, or phased back. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and hate shall hate one another. Many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, and we know what iniquity is, uh, lawlessness. And we look all around us right now and tremendous lawlessness, I mean wickedness, wickedness, wickedness. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that endures till the, shall endure to the end, same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached unto all the world for witness, and then shall the end come. And, you know, so much more so now than it was in Jesus' day, back in the 15th century, even a hundred years ago, this is so much more the the, the gospel being preached to all nations. I, I don't know what what uh, qualifies for that, but I know even the one group that the uh, Seventh Day Adventists. You know, we're not a part of them, but even them have uh, Bibles printed in a lot of different languages. They have places all over the world, just like some of our groups do. And you have the internet now, you have the, the, the phones and the computers that can translate. Even my, hear, my hearing aid don't even do that, you know, translate from one language into another. Some of you guys be talking, I think, well, speaking English. But anyway, but um, how close are we to having a gospel preached into all nations and printed? And we'll skip down to... Uh, Matthew 24, verse 21, 22. For then shall great tribulation, or shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world, 
nor to this time, nor ever shall be. I can't imagine how bad things are going to be, and I don't want everybody to run away here in a negative mode because there is hope at the end of the counter, but when it's said it's never been that bad before, and we know how bad mankind has treated mankind, how people have treated little kids and how people have treated people, Jesus says that we'll have, when this happens, tribulation such as it was not since the beginning of the world to this time. It never been that bad, nor shall it ever be. So when that very end time, if we're not protected by God's protection and God's love, it's, we may very well see it. It will never be that bad again. So it's never happened yet because it keeps getting better and better, worse and worse. As my English teacher would say, worser and worser. Reggie, where Reggie? He'll cringe when he hears my language. But anyway, and except those days be shortened, there should no flesh be saved alive. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. So it's not going to be so bad that we can't take it. God will make sure and God will cut short these days. I don't know where I'm going to jump over. I got that little out of sequence. Okay, and here's Matthew 24, 32 through 34, just a few verses. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When a branch is yet tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. And he used the expression of the fig tree. We, we can use the same thing here in Oklahoma, you know, when the maple tree uh, is, you know, sheds its leaves, you know, the little helicopter things they have on it here. I don't know, a few weeks ago, uh, the Matthew and Renee and their boys were out on a campaign visiting different people, you know, on the sidewalk. You know, they were, they came to our house, they were in the neighborhood, I guess, reading to come by. They didn't just pick us out because we're so good, but they were in the neighborhood and they asked if we were going to be there. So my wife and I stood at the front door, didn't have her mask on, but we stood at the front door and they stood at the sidewalk just down from the steps there and visited with us there, you know, a few minutes. And that was really pleasurable. You know, we hadn't seen any church members in quite a while. So that was really, really pleasurable for us to, to do that. But their boys were out there. The, our maple trees were shedding the little, I call them helicopters. I don't know what they are. They're little, little beans on the end of a leaf type thing. When they come off, they, they just flutter. They look like helicopters. And they're real good about getting into your gutter and your downspouts, and they start sprouting, and you've got to take it apart and, and clean them all out. But anyway, but we know when that happens, it's, it's, summer's near. You know, it's pretty good. Then a little later, the, the pecan trees have those little hangy-down things. You have to sweep them off, sweep them off, and they do the same thing. But we know, and just like Jesus said, when, when you see all these world conditions, the really, really bad ones, and I think even more so the uh, message that Matthew uh, still uh, mentioned about how Christians are persecuted throughout the world and how much more dramatic it's getting and how much it's spreading even to our country. Uh, you know, we see these things. We, 
like one scripture says, look up, you see your salvation draws near. You know, good things are fixing to happen after the bad. It's like the weatherman says, well, break it to him easy, gently. Just tell him to have thunder, overcast sky and, and sprinkle of rain followed by a hurricane. Anyway. So likewise, when you see... Uh, Likewise, when you see that all these things, know that it is near, even at the door. Verily I say unto you, verse 34, I say unto you, this generation shall not pass until all these things be fulfilled. I may jump over to another scripture to keep it here. No, I just feel like I had it. We'll go to... Uh, Revelation 11, verse 1 through 11. And there was given to me a reed like unto a rod. And the angel stood, saying, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. But the court which is without the temple leave out and measure it not, for it is given to the Gentiles. And the holy city shall they tread under their underfoot forty and two months. And I will give power unto my two witnesses. And I've been looking for this for a long time. I'd love to see the two witnesses come on and sing. I don't want to see all the other stuff that goes on. You know, I I'd like to see uh, for the two witnesses come and see the miracles and things that they're doing. You know, and uh, then maybe be translated <laughs> as what. Some of the others were, you know, I don't want to die, but I, I don't want to have to go through all that either. But anyway, I will give power to my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. You know, in other words, that's three and a half years. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. Verse 5, and... Any man will hurt them. Fire will fire proceeds out of the, their mouth and devours their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must, in this manner, be killed. These have power to shut heaven that it rain not on the days of their prophecy. No wonder they get mad at them. And have power to over water, over the waters, to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often, often as they like or as they will. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascended out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. This sounds like a lot to get into what I'm getting to. And their dead bodies, this is part I want to uh, dwell on a little more than anything. And their dead bodies, in verse 8, shall lie in the street of the great city, which is spiritually called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. So, you know, this is in the Jerusalem, Jerusalem area. And they are the people and kindreds and tongues, and all nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half. They'll see these three, these two individuals laying dead in the street for three and a half days. And shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. 
You know, that really didn't have a lot of meaning. Well, I guess it had a lot of meaning, but it was hard to understand until our modern age. Even, well, before some of the younger ones, but uh, some of us middle-aged people, uh, you know, we can understand. My wife's laughing. She thinks she's not middle-aged. But anyway, but this could not have happened, in my opinion, that to see their dead bodies all around the earth. Let me just go ahead and finish this. And they that dwell upon the first of the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwell on the earth. And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them and they stood upon their feet and great fear fell upon them uh, which saw them. So until the day that they came, that, that technology used satellites to record something overseas around the world, that could not have happened in most part. How long does it take information to get across the ocean in a boat? You know, depends on which ocean, which way you're going, the sea currents and everything else. But it would be a lot more than three days and three nights, or three and a half days, for news to get over here. And, and for them to know it, and then, then, three, then after that, they start sending gifts to one another, and they're happy, and they're joyous. That could not have happened. And I've left out some of the scriptures when it says, the Lord has delayed his coming. Well, he didn't really delay his coming. He just had a different time frame than what we have been led to believe or what a lot of us believed on our own. So a lot of these things could not have happened until we got into the modern technology that we can see. My wife and I, years ago, and I may have said this in a message years ago, I don't remember everything I've said forever, but uh, some of the older people, not old, old people, but the middle, middle-aged people will remember uh, Egypt's uh, men, uh, leader Anwar Sadat, remember the name? Somebody, shake your head if you remember some. Some of you do, okay. Anyway, we saw him get killed on TV instantly when it happened. They were having a parade and I was fixing to get, go to work and I run a little late and had TV on. I don't remember what it was, but, it had, but they showed this parade and my wife and I were watching this. And one of the people there in the parade had this machine gun, and they mowed down Anwar Sadat. We saw that happen right then. Now, there might have been a time delay, uh, you know, like uh, uh, TV now, they'll ask somebody a question out in the field, and, and they'll be standing there for about three or four seconds, and then they start talking, you know. Well, but for the most part, it was happening then. This couldn't have happened. They couldn't have seen those people then. and, and um, and also when it said when all, back in Matthew, when it talks about all flesh would be killed if Jesus didn't interrupt. All flesh, all human beings would be killed, and I'm assuming even all the animals too, would be killed. And to that degree, I don't think it could have been possible. And we've been taught this, and I, and I believe that, until... 
you know, right around the end of World War II area when they came up with, you know, some of the chemical warfare and the atomic bombs, stuff of that nature. So a lot of those things couldn't have happened years ago. And people would say, oh, well, you know, the scriptures say, eh, this has happened from day one. You know, there have always been wars, there have always been that. People have always looked for Christ. People have always looked for diseases, you know. Well, sooner or later it will come. And, but like I said, there's so many scriptures talking about the good part, you know, the, uh, the blessings. And, and so I don't want to uh, just leave on a... a Negative note, and Barney's real good, so if he needs to cover for me, he can be shaking his head. But anyway, but it's, it's very positive. I'm looking up. I'm looking forward to those uh, two witnesses. And I had some other scriptures in case I was running short on time. I didn't give them. Yeah, I did. I told him maybe. But anyway, I won't. I'm not going to keep you. Um, Anyway, but it's possible now. And as many of the, the ministers say, and the TV evangelists and people like that say, and I agree with them, you know, God is good. God is merciful. God is forgiving. All the sins that we've done, anything that you have done in your life, any mistake that you have made in your life, you repent of that and you tell God that you're sorry and God will forgive you. I guarantee you He will forgive all of our sins. But there needs to be fruit showing that we have really repented. You know, and, and I know a lot of our other men, they say, you know, and I, and I do the same thing. You know, I, I still slip on some things. I'm not going to tell you what it is. My wife will, but I won't. But No, she won't. But anyway, uh, God is merciful. Uh, and, and the United States and the world needs to come before God Almighty, the creator of the universe, the one that made the heavens and the earth and the water and the sea and the fish and all that. Come to them and, and repent of the sins. And I'm not going to mention the sins because there's some really, really, really gory sins that so predominant in our country right now but I, do, I did mention some of it, I think, last year in August in my message. So if you want to look at that, I don't want to be redundant. But it, here's a scripture that's been quoted a few times the last few years in public. Several years ago when uh, uh, the 9-11 deal happened, and I don't remember which politician mentioned that now, but uh, even recently, not too long ago, during this uh, pandemic that we're having now, even our Vice President Pence even quoted this word for word. He read it, Second Chronicles 7.14. Most of you already have that memorized too. It says, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear, you know, turn from their wicked ways. And, and I think the TV evangelists and all that need to enumerate what are the sins, you know. How many abortions, how many this and that, and how many shack up, and all this. Nah, I'm going to get in there, I'll make people mad. Uh, it's not my purpose. But anyway, turn and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then, when they do that, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Okay, like I said, I, I, 
you know, we need to know what our sins are before we can repent. If we don't know what it is, how can we repent? I really feel this COVID virus is and has been a shot across the bow or something like that, some wake-up call. I think we all, every one of us in this country, need to be very introspect and, and look and see. Not negative, but look and see what can we do and see the God that created this earth repent and give us the good life that we, that we like.